Hello and welcome into the Toby Continued Podcast. Football season is here. We had the opening game last night, recording this on Friday. So last night had the opener between the Rams and the Bills. Fun one to watch. It was definitely interesting. I expected a lot more out of the defending Super Bowl champs, but Buffalo came out and was better. Aside from turnovers in the first half derailing a couple of their drives, for the most part, they dominated that game. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Rams bounce back. I don't want to overreact to that game. We're going to get more into the Packers and the Vikings here in just a second. But I don't want to overreact to that one because you remember last year what happened to Green Bay in Week 1. So, I mean, I think we've seen teams come out a little bit flat in the opener before, especially now that teams don't really play their starters in the preseason. So at this point, I'm not going to overreact to that game, but the Bills did look like a dominating team, someone that's going to be really tough to beat this year. The Rams didn't give you a whole lot, but we'll have to wait and see another game or two before we start making assumptions about this Rams team maybe not being as good. But I think you saw losing Von Miller, not having Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know what in the world happened with Allen Robinson. So I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a different look for this Rams team this year. But either way, I'm not going to make too many assumptions about that opening game. But it is good to finally get to watch some NFL football once again. And now, I mean, we get week one started up with that game last night. And now we've got the action coming up on Sunday. you got the Packers game that I know a lot of you are thrilled about. So we're going to preview that here against the Vikings. Also make my week one picks against the spread. Appreciate you guys for listening in and the support. Uh, going to try to get some consistent NFL content out for you guys throughout the season. So excited to see what we're able to do. Going to preview the Packers games for you guys here. And let's get it started. Packers-Vikings week one. So this should be a fun matchup. We talked about this plenty. Would the Packers change up their strategy a little bit with the preseason and training camp after what happened last season where you didn't play any of your guys? You were relatively light. You wanted to conserve health. And next thing you know, you come out and get blown out 38-3 to in the opener. And they didn't change a whole lot. So now they're going to come out this year against the Minnesota Vikings. A Vikings team that's had a lot of changes as well. New coach, new general manager, new defensive coordinator. A lot of new things for them. So I'm interested to see exactly what the Packers look like coming out against this Vikings team. It's going to mean a little bit more. And one thing that I think is interesting about this whole thing as they come out against a divisional opponent is I think it gives you that extra motivation. I think one of the problems from last year that I don't know that they would have had it against another team, but they for sure won't against the Vikings, is they came out with the idea where a 13-win football team were just going to crush the Saints. And they came out not ready to play, and you saw that, and the Saints capitalized on it and absolutely rolled over the Packers. I think one thing they learned from last year is they need to ramp up their level of activity, ramp up their level of intensity going into that game week one, and I think they're going to be ready to go. And just that little extra added juice that comes from playing a team in the NFC North to start the year, I think you're going to see that against the Vikings in week one. So I'm excited to see. Let's look back at what happened in last year's games. I think there's a little bit to take away. I don't know that there's a ton, but last year... 1-1, one one, the Vikings won in Minnesota, the Packers won in Green Bay. Week 11, the first matchup, the Vikings won 34-31. Packers were without Aaron Jones, and that was an interesting game late because the Packers took 
the lead with about seven and a half minutes left on a Devontae Adams touchdown. Then the Vikings came back and scored with just over two minutes left with a Justin Jefferson touchdown and a Dalvin Cook two-point conversion to go up 31-24. to Viking ticked off in a touchback, and then Aaron Rodgers hit MVS for a 75-yard touchdown to tie the game with two minutes left. And at that point, a tight one, 31-31, you had an opportunity starting the next drive. Kirk Cousins throws one to Darnell Savage, and Savage isn't able to hold onto it, and that ends up costing the Packers the game as the Vikings drive it down and kick a game-winning field goal as time expires in Minnesota. So this is the game that when I think about this matchup is what scares me a little bit. Looking at it on the Packers side, Rodgers had a solid game, threw for four touchdowns, 385 yards. You're going to be missing Devontae. He had a good one in that game, seven receptions, 115 and two touchdowns. But this is what really scares me right here. Justin Jefferson in that game. And I think you can recall as well as I can him just running wide open deep in the secondary. Eight receptions, 169 yards, and two touchdowns. And that's kind of when I thought the Packers' defense really started to shift was right around then or maybe a week or two before. But it had been pretty good up until that point in the season. And then they started to face some of these teams, and they really struggled. And if you have Justin Jefferson going out there and doing that against this Packers team again this year, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up. If the Vikings go out there and score 34 points against the Packers in Week 1, are we expecting a win? Because I don't know that I am. Kirk Cousins was good in that game, 24 of 35, 341, and three touchdowns. That's the kind of stuff that scares me a little bit. You're going up there. You don't have to worry about weather, obviously. It wouldn't matter if it was outside anyways, being this time of year. But you don't have to worry about weather. You're in the dome. You've got all these things playing to the Vikings' advantage on offense there. Can the Packers' defense live up to the billing? I think that's really the key in this game. If the Packers' defense lives up to the billing, I think you're going to get points because Aaron Rodgers just does that. Their next matchup came on Week 17. The Packers played the Vikings at Lambeau Field, and there was no Kirk Cousins. He missed the game with COVID, so I don't know that there's a whole lot to take away from this game. A.J. Dillon had two touchdowns. Packers were up 20-3 to at halftime. They won that game pretty handily, 37-10. to I don't know if there's a whole lot to take away from that. I mean, if you want to say the defense was good against Sean Mannion, go ahead. But I, I think the first matchup is the one that I have some takeaways from, and I think it is as simple as can this defense live up to the high expectations that have been set for them? I don't know that a defense for the Green Bay Packers has gone in being the lead unit in a long time. In my lifetime, I don't remember it ever happening. So this is going to be a first for this Packers team where you're going to roll in and you're probably going to rely more on that run game than you have in the past. You're probably going to rely more on that defense than you have in the past, and I think that's a good thing. You still have the MVP Aaron Rodgers. You still have a guy that if push comes to shove, he can put the team on his back and carry you in Aaron Rodgers. Now it's about the other guys stepping up, and I'm interested to see what happens. Quick look at the Vikings and just looking at some of the things that happened this offseason with them. They got a new coach, Kevin O'Connell, comes over from the Los Angeles Rams. He'd spent some time with Kirk Cousins out in D.C., so they're familiar with each other. But you bring Kevin O'Connell over, he's 
going to be an interesting one to watch out there. Offensive guy coming off of Mike Zimmer, more of a defensive guy. That defense was atrocious last year. So can they get that fixed? They bring in a new defensive coordinator in Ed Donatel, switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4 scheme as well, so that's going to be interesting to watch. They bring in Zadarius Smith. They bring in Jordan Hicks, Chandon Sullivan, while losing Anthony Barr on that defensive side of the ball. I think this is going to be a fun unit to watch this year with the Vikings because they're going to have more... I think this is going to be a better unit for the Vikings this year because they're going to... I think this Vikings team is going to be very good this year. I do. I think that when you look at what they have on offense, they've got a lot of weapons. You have Dalvin Cook. You have Kirk Cousins, who as much as you want to make jokes about Kirk Cousins, he was a solid player last year. You have Justin Jefferson. You have Adam Thielen. You've got a decent offensive line. I think their success is going to come down to the defensive side of the ball as well. It's not going to be an elite unit like the Packers have, but they need to step up. They were one of the worst defenses in football last year, and that's not the typical Vikings teams you're used to. You're used to a really good, solid defensive unit going up against them when you are the Green Bay Packers headed to Minnesota, and that wasn't the case last year. Can they get that turned around? If that defense can step up and be league average, maybe a little bit above league average, I think you could see this being a playoff team. You know, we talked about some of our predictions uh, the other night, and I had the Vikings making the playoffs. I don't know that I see them beating the Packers in the North, but if the Packers slip up, if they only win 10 or 11 games, and they aren't at their usual mark on the floor of 12, 13 games, then I could see the Vikings contending in this division and being right there. And so I think their defense will pick it up a little bit this year. I think they win 10 games, and I think they're going to be a really solid football team this year. So this is no cakewalk in Week 1. I don't think people think it is. But if you can start the year going 1-0 against the Minnesota Vikings and then come out against the Chicago Bears at home on Sunday Night Football in Week 2, I think you'll really feel confident about this season going forward. If you can start the year 1-0, coming back home against Chicago, chances are you'll be able to win that game 2-0, and then you have the season all ahead of you with already two wins under the belt, building more confidence for those young guys. And I think that's going to be important for this team to come out and try to get these wins early. I think this is a good test for the Packers, see what they really are about. You have the Vikings week one. You know, Last year you came out and played flat and got crushed by a team that was not nearly on your level. Is that something that you're going to do again this year, or are you going to show up and play? I think they're going to show up and play. I, I really do. Some matchups that I want to watch in this one. I need to watch the special teams for sure. Usually special teams is when you get up off the couch and go grab a drink or grab something to snack on while you're watching a game. Not in this one. Not in this one. At least when the Packers special teams on the field, you got to keep an eye on it because... Who knows what you're going to get? You bring in Rich Bisaccia, but is it going to be a different story with him? Didn't look like it a whole lot in the preseason. Now we get to the regular season. You get to see what these guys are going to look like. Is it going to be different? Vikings have Jalen Rager. They just brought him over from Philadelphia, and he returned to punt against the Packers in 2020 for a touchdown, so he's going to be a formidable punt returner. Kenny Wagnu. Wangu, I think that's how you say his name, Kenny Wangu, you're going to have to watch out against him on the kick return game. He could have a solid game against the Packers. So when you look at this, special teams is going to play a bigger part than 
maybe what a regular game would because it's the Green Bay Packers and because they've had so many problems with their special teams. And I think that's something that you're really going to have to keep an eye on in this game. The special teams, the Vikings versus the bad special teams, the Packers get to see have they taken that step forward. I'm interested to see that. Another one that I'm excited to see, and I think this is the matchup I'm probably going to keep my eye on the most, Jair Alexander's back. He didn't get to play in either game against the Vikings last year. You know Jair is going to want to follow Justin Jefferson around, and Justin Jefferson wants to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. In my opinion, he's top three with Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup at this point. Can Jair slow him down? I think Jair can. I think I've seen Jair be the best corner in the league for the last couple of seasons. People want to talk about Jalen Ramsey. You saw yesterday on Thursday Night Football opener what happens when Jalen Ramsey has to cover some of these elite guys at times, and I haven't necessarily seen that out of Jair Alexander. Sure, you're going to beat, get beat every now and then, and I would expect if you're going to follow Justin Jefferson around all game long that Jair would get beat once or maybe twice. But it's about limiting those big plays to Justin Jefferson like you saw last year. Again, in Minnesota, his stat line, eight receptions, 169 yards, two touchdowns. Can't have that. You just can't. I don't know how many points this offense is going to put up week one, so if you start giving up two and three touchdowns to these guys, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, I, I don't see them scoring 28, 31 points, so if they're going to give up that many points, you're probably going to lose this football game, and Jair shutting down Justin Jefferson, or at least slowing him down, I think is going to be a big part of this. And then the other matchup to watch, these offensive tackles. I don't know who it's going to be at this point. David Bakhtiari is listed as questionable. Elton Jenkins is listed as questionable. Are those guys going to be able to get out there on the field? Not sure yet. But you have Daniil Hunter. You have Zadarius Smith on the other side. I'm not sure what to expect out of Daniil Hunter at this point. But if he can stay on the field, we've seen that he can be a solid pass rusher throughout his career. Zadarius Smith, you've seen what he can be. You're familiar with him. And he's going to be extra motivated going up against Green Bay and his extra extra internal motivation that he seems to give himself because of whatever wrongs he felt wronged by Green Bay about. But you're going to have those two guys to go up against on the outside. I need to see these offensive tackles really step up, whoever it is. It's going to be a scary one if you have to go out there without Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari or Jenkins and you're going up against these guys. They're going to bring the pressure. That's been Minnesota's MO for a long time is mixing things up and confusing Aaron Rodgers. Now, if they bring in a new defensive coordinator, can they still do something like that? Not sure, but either way, you've got some formidable pass rushers on that Vikings defense. Can the Packers block well enough to give Rodgers the time, to give the running backs the time to make their plays? I'm interested to see what happens in that matchup. Looking at a couple X factors in this one, I think it goes back to the offensive line overall. We can continue talking about them. What are you going to get out of this offensive line? I think it comes down to really the two units we talked about all offseason and preseason leading up to this game, receivers and offensive line. If Bakhtiari and Jenkins play, I think we're looking at this as not that big of a deal and the offensive line should be fine. They're still going to be pressured. You know, Zedaria Smith and... Daniil Hunter are solid pass rushers. They're still going to have their hands full, but you feel a lot more confident with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins out there. I'm interested to see what the receivers give you. Alan Lazard has been listed as doubtful, so I'm assuming he's not going to play. And who's going to be the guys to step up? 
Christian Watson, he doesn't have any injury designation, so he might get out there and play. Probably going to make his debut for the Packers week one. You have Romeo Dobbs. You have Randall Cobb. Have Amari Rodgers. Doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence going up the Vikings week one when those are your starting receivers. I know that Dobbs has looked good in the preseason. Now i got to see it in the regular season. Maybe he proves me wrong. But if there's one guy that can make the most out of these guys, it is Aaron Rodgers. It is Aaron Rodgers. So I think overall, I'm not super confident in this receiving core going into week one. And I think that's a huge X factor for the Packers to try and win this one is having those receivers step up or someone. And maybe I guess you could say the other X factor is the running backs. Look, if the receivers don't step up, someone's going to have to step up. Is it going to be Tanyan? Is it going to be the running backs? Someone on that offensive side of the ball that's a playmaker is going to have to step up for Aaron Rodgers. And if they don't, Packers could be in trouble. I think they'll be fine. I think that they'll find a way to get it done with Aaron Rodgers, but it is going to be important that someone really steps up to give this offense something. You lose Devontae Adams, and we've talked about it all offseason, you're going to have to have something to replace it, whether it's multiple guys, whether it's one guy, I don't know. And I don't think it can be one guy. So you're going to have to have multiple guys really step up. And at this point... I'm not exactly sure who it's going to be. At least you've got multiple candidates. You know, Dobbs looks like he could be a guy. Maybe Christian Watson impresses right away. Tanyan's back, so that's nice. Maybe it's just going to be the running backs. I'm not sure. You've got candidates, but someone's going to have to really step up for the Packers. I think they will, and I'm not sure who it will be. That's why I'm interested to watch this game. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but I think someone will step up. Just quick look at the injury report. I kind of went through this for the Packers. Again, Lazard is doubtful. Bakhtiari and Jenkins are questionable. Robert Tunyon, Mason Crosby, and Christian Watson all have no injury designation, so they should be good to go for Week 1. For the Vikings, Jonathan Bullard... Lewis Seen, they're both listed as questionable. Interested to see Lewis Seen not listed as a starter on the Vikings depth chart. Their first round pick coming out of Georgia. Interested to see if he would get on the field and what kind of impact he would make. A pretty versatile player there. And Bullard, a starting defensive end, questionable as well. I'd assume he plays. Alexander Madison. He's missed practice the last couple days with personal reasons. I'd assume he's going to play, but something to keep an eye on there as well. Overall prediction, I'm going to take the Packers to win this one. I'll take them 24-17. I'm interested to see what this offense looks like. I'm not 100% certain that this offense is going to be able to even put up 24 points. I almost considered a 17-14 type game, but I'm not sure if the Packers, maybe only giving up 17 points week one against the Vikings is being a little bit generous. But I'll say 24-17. I'll take the Packers to win this one. I think they find a way to get it done. I think this is probably one of the scarier games for the Packers in the beginning of the season because you have to go up to Minnesota. You haven't really seen some of these guys. You saw some rust out of Los Angeles last night. Is that the same sort of rust going to show up for the Packers? I would think there's going to be a little bit. So they're going to have to overcome that rust early on in the game and make sure that even if it's offensive rust, that's fine. That defense is going to have to live up to the billing. You saw that last night with the Bills. A little rust on offense. Bills were able to keep them down with the defense there, only give up 10 points, and then they came out in the second half and were better. Maybe that's something you see out of the Packers in Week 1 where offense is a little rusty to start the game. Once they get the kinks ironed out a little bit, they get things going. Ultimately, it comes down to if anyone steps up, you need someone on that offense to really get things going. And if they do, then I think the Packers will be just fine. I think with Aaron Rodgers, 
he'll figure out a way. And I think with this defense, they're just too good. So I'm picking the Packers to win week one, 24 to 17. All right, I'll make sure to get you a post-game recap, and we'll kind of go over it and react to it as well coming up after the week one and preview week two against the Bears and all that Packers stuff. is going to be a lot of fun to cover it with you guys. Now let's get into the rest of week one. I'm going to make my picks like we did last year on the show, and I'm going to go against the spread. Let's start out, and I'm going to kind of quick fire these. Start out in Cincinnati, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, six and a half point favorite for the Bengals. It's a tough one for me. Six and a half is a pretty big line, but I'm going to go with the reigning AFC champs and go with the Bengals here at minus six and a half. And also I'll try and tweet these picks out at Toby Continued PC on Twitter if you want to follow me there. At Toby underscore Altizer if you want to follow my main account. Uh, next game, we got the Eagles and the Lions. You got the Eagles going out to Detroit, favored by four and a half. But I'm going to go with the Lions plus four and a half here. Not sure that they're going to win this football game, but I think they'll keep it close. You saw a good environment built there by Dan Campbell and Hard Knocks, and these guys really buy into it. These teams really excited about this season, so I'll take the Lions to at least cover the four and a half there. Next, you got Indianapolis. And the Houston Texans out in Houston. The Colts go in favored by 7.5 despite being the road team. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Week 1, maybe you see a little bit of rust. I'm going to take the Texans to cover here. I am. I, I know that they're not a great football team, but I think they find a way to keep it within a touchdown. Give me the Texans to cover the 7.5 there. Next, you got New Orleans and Atlanta. New Orleans favored by 5.5 on the road at Atlanta. I'm still going to take the Saints here with the 5.5 point spread. I think that they're just too good for Atlanta. I don't see a whole lot on that offensive side of the ball for Atlanta, at least starting out. Kyle Pitts is nice. Drake London could be something going forward, but he's a rookie receiver. First year, at first game. Marcus Mariota, I'm going to take the Saints here. I think they're just too talented. Ravens minus 6.5 on the road against the Jets. I'm going to take the Ravens here. Joe Flacco. Sorry, just doesn't do it for me. I don't think they can keep it within a touchdown. I think the Ravens roll in this one, especially with a motivated Lamar Jackson not being able to get that contract done. Give me the Ravens minus six and a half here. Patriots go on the road to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Dolphins favored by three and a half at home. I'm going to take the Patriots to keep this one within a field goal. I know the Dolphins are a fun team this year, bringing in Tyreek Hill. You bring in Mike McDaniel, all new things. People are on the Tua train again. I'm going to stick with the Patriots here, though. I think they go find a way to keep this game close, and Mac Jones keeps it. I, I think this could be a low-scoring one. I think they find a way to keep it within a field goal, though, if not win this outright. I'll take the Patriots plus 3.5 here in this one. Next, we have the Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Cleveland favored by a point and a half in this one. Baker Mayfield's getting his revenge, man. Baker Mayfield's going to find a way to get back at his old team for trading for Deshaun Watson and kind of ruining that whole relationship that they had there. He goes out to Carolina now. Give me the Carolina Panthers winning this one outright. I think they're going to win this football game. I just don't think there's enough in Cleveland if you don't have much of a quarterback. They got a talented roster, but they don't have a quarterback, so give me the Carolina Panthers to win this one. San Francisco against the Chicago Bears. San Francisco favored by 6.5 on the road at Soldier Field, but give me the Bears. Give me the Bears. I don't think they win this one, but I think they keep it close. If they were rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo, I might take the Niners 6.5. I might. 
but they're rolling with Trey Lance, and I'd expect there to be a little road bump. I think they still win this one, but only win it by a field goal or so. Give me the Bears to cover this one. Jacksonville at Washington. Commanders' first game under the new name at FedEx Field, favored by two and a half, and give me the Commanders here. They've got quite a bit of talent on that offensive side of the ball. Jahan Dotson gets added in there. Terry McLaurin, solid. Antonio Gibson's kind of given another opportunity here to be a starting running back, and I think he'll play well. And I think there's just too much on that offensive side of the ball. It all comes down to the defense for the Commanders, honestly, and I think they'll be a little bit better. I think they find a way to win this by at least a field goal. Give me the Commanders in Week 1 over Jacksonville. Next, we have the Raiders and the Chargers. Big one here. NFC or AFC West matchup. Everyone's going to be watching this game. I'm going to take the Raiders to find a way to keep this one close. I don't know that they win it, but I think they keep it within a field goal. Give me the Raiders plus three and a half in this matchup against the Chargers. Next, we got the Giants and the Titans. The Giants go up. The Giants go out to Tennessee. Tennessee favored by five and a half points at home. Uh, give me the Titans at home too easy. I think the Titans win this one pretty big. They're just a better team. I don't think there's a whole lot to look at with this Giants team. I don't have any confidence in Daniel Jones. I don't have a whole lot of confidence with anything with the Giants. Looks like Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau might miss the game. Give me the Titans here. Kansas City and Arizona out in Arizona. The Chiefs favored by five and a half on the road. I don't like this pick. I don't, but I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think the Chiefs win this one, but I think Arizona keeps it within a field goal. So give me the Cardinals. Never a big fan of the Chiefs with a bigger spread than three or four. So give me the Cardinals to keep it close there. All right, we got the Packers in Minnesota. We kind of already talked about this. I think the Packers win this one by a touchdown. So give me the Packers on the road, minus one and a half against Minnesota. You got Sunday Night Football coming up. You got Tampa Bay and Dallas. Tampa Bay heads out to the... Lone Star State, favored by two and a half on the road, and I'm going to take that two and a half against the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are a really talented football team this year, but little question about Dak's ankle. I don't think there's a whole lot to be made out of it, but I think the Buccaneers go in there and win that one by a field goal. Give me the Buccaneers, minus two and a half against Dallas. And then the final game of week one, you have Denver and Seattle, the return of Russell Wilson to Seattle. Broncos favored by six and a half on the road. I don't think it's enough. Give me the Broncos, minus six and a half. They're going to steamroll the Seahawks. The Seahawks have a whole lot of nothing. Geno Smith is your starting quarterback week one. I'm sorry. I just cannot roll with it. I think this Denver Broncos team is going to be really good this year. I think their defense is going to be too good for Geno Smith to do a whole lot of anything on the offensive side of the ball for Seattle. So give me Denver rolling in this one big, minus six and a half. All right, that's going to do it for week one picks and the Vikings and the Packers preview. Appreciate you guys for listening in. Make sure you keep it tuned right here to the Toby Continued Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Toby underscore Altizer. Follow the podcast at Toby Continued PC. And I'll try to get out some content throughout the NFL season. We'll make sure to have a week one reaction to Vikings and Packers as well as some general thoughts to week one. And then we'll be back with week two coming up next week as well. I'm excited about it. Thanks for listening to the Toby Continued Podcast. We'll see you next time.